Welcome to What the Fuck Fights. Yeah. Brought to you by Salty Mermaid Entertainment. At this point, I just have PTSD. It just like automatically wins at the beginning. I know. It's so loud. Well, that's why he asked you the last one. He's like, Quachin, does, does he hit you? Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe that wasn't the one that got deleted. Um, yeah. Bastion throws things at me. I don't think so. Right. Not to make light of domestic violence or anything, but I do, when I'm around my two-year-old, flinch often. because <laughs> He's scary. <laughs> he throws because things. Because he's not being considerate to his yeah. movements. And last night he woke me up in the middle of the night. I was co-sleeping and I woke up to his skull crushing my face bones. Yeah, I heard. <laughs> Funky butt butt. loving. No, I woke up. I said, fuck. And Chase was very nice about it. He said, are you okay? <laughs> okay, so anyway, welcome to the show. Yeah. I'm Jen Scott Pickett. I'm sitting here with... No, Chase Salt Pickett. And... Anonymous Adam. Now, what the fuck is what the fuck fights? It's a fun little competition to see which one of us can come up with the funnest, craziest stuff from the internet. Ooh. In regular life, Chase is my partner, but on this show, he is my... Bitch. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> opponent but i will take that yeah. um each week we have a new theme yeah. and anonymous adam is both our referee and our judge you can tell by the uh, the my sh- uh the my sh- my cl- uh, shirt yeah <laughs> if you're watching the youtube version <laughs> i did it i said it. <laughs> saw some I said very confident on this podcast <laughs> um be sure to follow us on instagram and on tiktok especially at salty mermaid ent so just to clarify um i think a lot of people who listen to our show come from our platform however if you just happen to listen to the podcast we do a lot of other stuff we do a lot of comedy videos and other content Comedy. so shut up and <laughs> check us out this uh, is a plug for our OnlyFans account <laughs> OnlyFans by uh, Salty Mermaid no. what's beneath the tail okay <laughs> alright at Salty Mermaid ENT alright Adam just can we start over nope nope <laughs> just do your thing ladies and gentlemen it's time for the weigh in hey. this Woo! week's theme is something that I don't remember because they didn't remind me but I'm pretty sure it's something about premonition yes so eerie what, premonitions what do you, what do you, that actually Actually what came is, true. What do you What do you have for the? the so thing? we didn't realize this when we were doing the research, but it's probably going to be another rapid fire. Where I'm afraid if I give you a hint about what's coming, then it gives it away. All right, do this. Give us Give us a one word hint. Dreams. Okay. <laughs> Dreams right. that come true, and also we all have this ability of ESP, and we're going to talk about tapping into that. I love ESP. Mm-hmm. And. Can I just say, Adam, it, would it be accurate to say that you're our resident skeptic? I mean, I guess. I don't mean of. that. Like, I mean, not necessarily not a skeptic. Not that you're closed-minded. Closed <laughs> well, I was going to tell you that you weren't. I don't think that. Like, you're I'm not very... closed-minded. I'm just closed off unintentionally. Okay, that's fair. I, I think a lot of people are blocked in that area. But um, I think ESP, which stands for. You're spiritually constipated. Okay, gross. Okay, that's not how I was going to say it. Um <laughs> Does anybody know what ESP... I need a spiritual laxative, please. Stand for? <laughs> Extra special penis. I'm pretty sure I said that yesterday. Entertainment sports. Good guess. This is the face of a person who wishes Extra we were dead. sensory. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to start introducing Anonymous Adam as our referee, our judge, and Chase's best friend, and the person I tolerate on the show along with Chase. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, extrasensory perception. And not all of us get to leave the house and spend time with friends. I had breakfast we with Ariani today, which, by the way, she says something really funny about our podcast. She says that when she listens to our podcast, that she um, forgets that she's not in the room with us and she'll Someone start talking to right. us and replying nice. to yeah. us. And she's like, wait. 
right. <laughs> I'm alone. <laughs> yeah. I got feedback from Jim, and, and that's yeah. uh, Jim is one of our listeners. I think as Ashton well. has said that too. So and I think that's a compliment. They're like, it's very conversational, fine. Like, I feel like I'm just there chilling with you. It's comforting because I mostly side eye y'all and look like annoyed. So I guess it's fine if Pokemon other people Side eye? Yeah. Anyway, ESP, we're going to no? talk about how we all have it. Scyther. Hi, Jim. Uh, Chase? Premonitions. Please that is what you can expect today. <laughs> Great. <laughs> cool. Don't look at the camera. That's my thing. <laughs> I stared. Are you the Jim Helper? I stared at it. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Uh, cool. You What's wanted- your one word? I premonitions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it's different technically. I know. I was Great. gonna let her have that one. All yeah. right. I know we we. I know this little rascals have monkeyed around here for a minute, mm-hmm. but it's time for you two to get serious. Okay. okay. Yes. So now that our weigh-in is was completely botched, mm-hmm. it's time to reel it in, team, mm-hmm. and talk about this week's episode. Adam is going to bring us in. So Adam, I'm going to hand over the belt that I won. Just want to remind everyone that I won last week. Here's the belt. Want to show Chase the did win after I won twice. I think it was three times, but who's counting? Once, twice, three times, lady. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Woo! time for the main event. To my right in the world record corner, this man holds the record for the earliest knockout when he sucker punched the delivery doctor. He was born with a <laughs> pair of boxing gloves on his hands and a taste for victory. It's Chase. Oh, that was very complimentary. And to my left in the new digs corner, the one and only Salty Mermaid herself shops at the underwater gap for her new flippers. She wears seashells because bee shells would be too small. <laughs> She also talks to seagulls, and we're worried about her. It's Jade. <laughs> None of that was expected. Yeah, you mixed it up Good this for you. Week. Okay. Good for you. All right. Yeah, that's great. Well done. <laughs> He's doing a thing. He's staring <laughs> at the proud camera of again. <laughs> oh my god. Um, if y'all are listening, very proud. By all means, and not at all not. Make the okay. Make the um time to check out one of our new YouTube videos so that you can also be as awkward as I feel when I'm not only listening to us but watching us. And Might fill there's in the, gaps. The, the shiny belt amongst the real king's head. Mm-hmm. And today, one of us will be leaving me. victorious. Okay. I'm voting one of you I ha- I'm using my ESP. <laughs> it's going to be me. Oh. All right. <laughs> You can. I hope I didn't fuck that up. <laughs> Easily say no. Just I'm to about prove to deck me you wrong. Your ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, I would like to, per usual, say a few things about how our society is. You can, but uh, you'll lose points for this. No, so I won't. All right, Adam. I'll, I'll let Adam tell you. Listen, I don't know why we are so closed off. Shut up. <laughs> why we are so closed off to things like. ESP, and we're so convinced that it's not real or that it like is against science. Now, I think there are a lot of scammers, con artists, people who have manipulated other people. I think right? that's the reason why people are skeptical. Right. But mm-hmm. I think that everyone here in this room and in general population would agree we all have intuition. We all have that extra sense of something that we, you know, people will say, oh, well, your subconscious picked up on something you didn't know. And maybe that's all ties in together. But I think everyone that I know has at least one experience where they dreamed something or predicted something. And it could be something mundane, but they we've all got something that we're able to tap into. And for whatever reason, some people tap into it more than others. But we all have intuition, right? I, oh, yeah. I would yeah. agree. Okay. And yeah, I feel like, Chase, you're pretty sensitive to this stuff. Um, Thank you. 
<laughs> I also would venture to say that maybe the reason that we feel deja vu is because of things that we've dreamed. I have been keeping a dream. I know I sound so fucking woo woo right now, but I've been keeping a dream. That's my journal. childhood nickname, woo woo. woo. It's true. ESP. It actually is. My childhood nickname is woo woo. Wait, what? <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. He has a fun story about this. Woo woo. Uh, childhood nickname is woo woo. Where did it come from? <laughs> Me crying in a Walmart. No, no. Woo-woo. That was it. That's not what called it. You Do I? had the name before. The, the well, I was the woo. Rooster. Woo-woo. Okay, they called him Rooster and then it became no, it the Wooster. Okay, well, anyway, one day a little comes the child, <laughs> no, um, small young Chase was lost in a store and it was a Walmart. Mm-hmm, and um, he went to get help from an adult <laughs> and they went to call his mom over the intercom. And so they asked him what his name was. So, <laughs> James Chase, woo woo picket. <laughs> Excuse me, what? Can you say that again? My name is James Chase. Woo, woo, Piggy. Emphasis on the woo woo because I'd start crying really hard. Did they have the microphone next to your face? (laughs) And it was over the intercom? Basically, I was standing there next to the lady. Yeah. So that's great. I got lost in a Walmart once. Did you? Yeah, it was. I, you were there, actually. I'm pretty sure. Uh, you're the one who ditched him. I was in left him. I don't know how I got there, but I was in the bra section. <laughs> yeah, we know you guys. Oh, he right. still to this day somehow gets lost there. I was 19. <laughs> <laughs> who put this bra on me, Adam? You put okay. that on me. All right. So anyway, I want to talk about some of my own experiences. Okay. 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 And I want to encourage all of our listeners to um, think about things that. You know, either that in the past have happened or maybe like just pay attention to your dreams or things that you can accidentally predict or whatever. And also I'm going to do an Instagram post so we can talk about other people's experiences. Do y'all remember recently? This is so funny to me. I um, had just gotten our two-year-old down to sleep and it was just me in the house. And I was coming out of the room where he was asleep. I was walking down the stairs. This is the middle of the day. And I said to myself, man, I am so excited that the house is so quiet because the older children were not here the little one is sleeping. No one else is here. I'm so excited to go read and be quiet. And then as I'm coming down the stairs, I was like, ha ha, yeah, right. Chase and Adam are about to come home. And Chase and Adam don't normally come home until really late at night after work. And sure as fuck, I get to the bottom of the stairs. I get out my book. I'm in my cozy little chair and I see Adam's car pull up. And I'm like, what the fuck? Adam is never home this early. I was like, oh my God, I predicted it or I made it come true. And then Adam gets in the house and as Adam's in the house, Chase pulls up. I'm like, what the fuck? are you two doing home but it was so weird that as i'm on the stairs i just knew that you two fuckers were gonna come home we're like captain planet and this never happened in the history of us living together it's never happened until that one day right yeah so it wasn't like something that oh it's happened before so i kind of predicted it happening again right um also this is a different type of story but like my um one of my exes had a history of entertaining people besides me and um we were getting over a recent situation and I had to leave the house and he was supposed to be at home with one of our kids and I was working and I am in work and I just somehow know I'm like, he's with that bitch. I don't know how I knew he should have been home with our child. I had no reason to believe this. I called him. He answers and there's a bunch of noise in the background and I'm like, where are you? Cause that does not sound like you're at home with our child. Well, I think Chase is trying to say something. No. Okay. <laughs> anyway, he was at a bar, and I'm like, why are you at a bar? He's like, oh, just me and with a friend. And I was like, oh, my God, you're with her, aren't you? He's like, 
To his credit, he admitted it. He was like, well, we were just talking. Student <laughs> <laughs> <Shooting> burger. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and I was like, how the fuck did I know that? Why would that have been on my radar? So, like, I have plenty of experiences, recent and old, that have stuck out to me. Also, I'm going to tell you about my Aunt Bobby's experience, and then I'm going to tell, let Chase carry over so that we can... I want to get out of my system, because this is real to me, and it's not just stuff I've read on the internet. Okay, so sure. I may botch this a little bit, because it didn't happen directly to me, but my mom had a sister that I was really close to, Aunt Bobby, who passed away a few years ago. She had a daughter, who's my cousin, Mary. <clears throat> my mom was unexpectedly having to leave her house really late one night, and she lives near Chattanooga, like in the mountains, and it's like you know, a winding road. It can be dangerous even in the daytime, right? Mm -hmm. But she's leaving really late at night, and um, she's upset at the time, emotional about something, and she gets a phone call um, from my cousin Mary, and... This is a man who normally goes to bed early. He doesn't normally call her. So she answers. And she's like, <clears throat> Shirley, I don't know are you, where you are, but there are trees on both sides of you. I'm almost like, yes. Which could be generic, but like this is late at night, like midnight. Okay. And she's driving. And <laughs> In her house, standing between two house plants. <laughs> right. <laughs> How the fuck did you know? <laughs> right. Right. Um, anyway, she said, um, I don't know where you are. I know that you're somewhere in the woods. There's trees beside you and you need to stop and you need to turn around. And she's like, why? She's like, I was sleeping and... My Aunt Bobby, she's like, mom got in my face and said, call Shirley, tell her to turn around, which is freaky, right? Mm -hmm. So she did. And my mom was like, okay, because my mom's very open, thankfully, to that stuff. She turns around, goes back home. The next day in the morning daylight, she is driving through and there is a tree that had fallen in the road right where she would have been. Oh. Right? Neat. So that was interesting. Oh. Premonitions. Premonitions. Okay, Chase, your turn. Wait, that's it. No, I have what? other stories. I just wanted to set the stage, and I took a lot of time to talk. So no, she's done. She doesn't have any more stories. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't mind if you want to. If you want to do a story, I can. No, I, no, I, I like, have stories. I feel like the audience would like to hear you talk. I, oh, oh. You know. okay. Um, I've I've never had a situation on this podcast where y'all were both that quiet, and it scared me. So. Oh no! Well, I mean, you were talking about some real shit, so, <laughs> so I'm gonna let. I was listening to you talk, mm -hmm. and I was keep. You were like. Chase looks like he wants to say something. And I would, yes. if you looked, if you were look at me uh -huh. very closely in the video, you see my mouth going, <laughs> like puckering like a butthole or something. <laughs> like just, and it's just moving. She's uh -huh. like, he's trying to say things. And yeah. it's because I would have interjected with things that were completely irrelevant okay. to what was being said. <laughs> okay. And I was holding yourself back. I was back. really <laughs> holding back. I'm really proud of you. Yeah. Okay. For like dumb things. You're like, Chattanooga. The Nuga. And I was like, why is there no point in me saying the Nuga? <laughs> Like there's no, <laughs> there's no point in me okay. doing that. Well, I appreciate so, it. Jenny, I right? don't think that's no. Um, the new guy. I appreciate uh, the yeah, exercise. It was great. <laughs> All right. You know your mouth makes the same movement your butt does when you say poop. Sphinx. Okay. And it's the same thing when you say diarrhea. I uh, my mouth feels quit. like gin. Say it so I can watch nope, your mouth. I quit. I wasn't watching his. No. Can we? <laughs> Please talk about All something right, besides so bodily functions. ESP and premonitions. ESP? ESPN. Nope. ESPS. Okay. So you say it. ESP? That's what I said. ESP. You're saying ESPN. No, I didn't say N at first. I said ESP. Did I not? Adam, you're the ref. Did I say ESP? You, you said it first and then you said N when you started talking. Yeah, you tried to correct me. It's true. Well, I can want, listen to this instant replay. With my brain. You know, I can't wait matter. to rewatch this. You, you're going to watch it or you're going to listen? Both. Yes. Speaking of which, 
You can stream us live anywhere live. on YouTube. <laughs> oh, my God. Everybody's like, if y'all don't get to it, I'm never going to listen again. All right, so premonitions and ESP. So there was an article that was released that Princess Diana may have um, had a premonition about her own death or mm. ESP. Now, what's tough about ESP, in my opinion, kind of like, the situation with Jan, and this, I want to be very clear. This is not to, um, to devalidate what she said. I, I think what gets hard about ESP is that people can take any situation and chalk it up for coincidence. Mm-hmm. Anyone just be like, yes. oh, well, if, you know, there's just coincidence that the two of them showed up today. And some of these stories, you might feel the same way, and you might not. You mm-hmm. might feel like there's something deeper to it. Um, premonitions, I think, are a little bit harder because they're very specific events mm-hmm. versus I have a feeling. Yes. Um, so the Princess Diana. So as you already know, the late Princess of Wales, um, there's a story that she was disturbed when she learned that Gianna Versace was murdered. All right. Princess Diana was <laughs> on a yacht in the Mediterranean Sea with her boyfriend um, when she received the tragic news. Now, Prince Charles' ex-wife was devastated about the death um, that she came to a point of asking um, her, I think at that point in time, he was the boyfriend, the boyfriend's bodyguard, Dadi Faha, I don't know how to say his name. Know. Anyway, <clears throat> she asked the bodyguard, Lee Sansom, if there was a possibility that the same incident would happen to her. So that death that happened, mm-hmm. there was some like, you know, intertwined like mystery attached mm-hmm. to it. So naturally, Princess Diana had some suspicion or was scared, Mm -hmm. right? So she asked the bodyguard, do you think anything like that would happen to me? Uh, She also thought um, of getting murdered by someone at that time. Ooh. Yeah. So um, she made a comment whenever she was talking to the bodyguard. And she said, they will do it when I'm in a small plane, in a car, when I'm driving, or in a helicopter. Um, when she was basically trying to, what's the word? I don't know. (sighs) Like convey her feelings or? I I guess so. I think any time. Interpret. If you feel paranoid, Mm -hmm. then your mind is going to go in lots of different directions. Mm -hmm. So naturally for her, if she's thinking that she might be killed sometime, Mm -hmm. she's thinking to herself, what? possible ways could that possibly happen okay right and you know we've all heard of like the government interfering and pushing people off the road and planes exploding so you know i would say that it would be easy to subconsciously make these things up in her mind right right any celebrity could have that concern yeah Yeah. now princess diana's former butler paul also shared the same thing according to him months before her accident um the princess had been writing him letters (laughs) discussing her fears that Prince Charles was staging an automobile accident to kill her. Oh, my God. Now, um, what's crazy about it is when people would discuss it with her, It for her, she kind of alluded that it wasn't her um, being paranoid, but she was, like, getting the sense. Like, it's which her is being more intuitive. Right. Yeah. So this isn't, you know, a premonition, in my opinion, is, like, Seeing it, having yeah, a dream. usually it's like an actual vision right. for her with her ESP. She felt like she was getting the sense mm-hmm. that she was getting closer, 
And then she started, it, it started off at first, like the Dr. Seuss living in a plane, on a boat, in a car. Yeah. But, I mean, like, you know, but. <laughs> Some great. form but of now, transportation. But now we're getting very specific mm-hmm. to where when she's writing to her butler, she said, staging an, automil- an automobile accident. Yeah. So in October of 1966, um, one second, I'm sorry. <clears throat> that was accidentally was going into um, another story. Oh. Oh, really wish we would have kept going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really yeah it's like, wait, what? Who? <laughs> so, they're supposed to build up a story, and then when you get to the story, mm-hmm. be like, that be the reveal. Yes. And I nonchalantly revealed the reveal. Oh, huh. <laughs> you gave away the punchline. Right. Yeah, so n- basically, non- long story short, even though the story's over, so it's actually short story short. Mm-hmm. Short story longer. <laughs> she was having discussions <laughs> with people around her. Mm-hmm. She felt like that she was going to die, mm-hmm. that she felt like that she was going to be involved in some type of transportation accident and then months leading up to her actual death mm-hmm. that she specifically said in letters that she felt like that she was going to die in a car accident. It's pretty, um, it's extra freaky when someone doesn't just have a dream or a premonition, but they write it, they put it in writing like that. You right. Know, so you can like refer back to it and not be like, oh, well, I dreamed this was going to happen. Well, anybody could say that. Right. But if you, like if I wake up and I tell you a dream and then later that day it happens, it does feel like, so, you know, somebody writes a letter about it. It's like some right. manifestation. Yes. That's, that's the other thing though. <clears throat> I think sometimes, especially if it's something serious or negative, you're like, okay, well, did I uh, envision this and it's warning me? Like a premonition, or did I accidentally create this future? Like I said, it's like like was it Bruce Lee said he was going to die at a certain age? Like did he know because it was quote unquote yeah. destined, or did he manifest that because he said it so much? I think what's hard about <clears throat> stuff like that is if depending on how deep that you study that type of stuff, it mm-hmm. would really depend on the psyche of the actual person, yes. like on a psychological level. Meaning, are you saying these things out of fear? Mm-hmm. Or are you saying these things out of what you believe to be knowledge? And I know that sounds like a very thin line, but it's really not. No, I There's, there's I a agree difference between saying something so many times because you're scared and like you're a paranoid. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Exactly. That you, and there's, there, like, legitimately, and I say this all the time, and I know that we're doing permission TSP mm-hmm. and stuff, but I was saying to Jen the other day, and I've said this a couple of times, that placebos, in my opinion, are if anything, the most concrete evidence that we have to date that if you truly put a belief into something that yeah. you can make it real yeah. and that we have had the power this entire time, we just don't truly believe that we have it, i.e. you give somebody a water pill and you tell them it's going to cure something that you're mm-hmm. having and then you are cured. Okay, well, it obviously wasn't fucking medicine. They yeah. have many studies. But something made it Many, happen. many. And the it was, placebo the, effect. Right. Yeah. And I know that's really hard to believe because that seems so well, you know, that's elementary, the fundamental. We condition ourselves to be closed off to it. And I think that's ridiculous. And we don't have to say we know all the answers or what exactly this means, but I think we should be open that there's too many experiences that are outside the norm. One of the... Um, books I read recently is called The Biology of Belief and this story hit me so hard. It's kind of like the placebo effect right. which he discusses in that book but um, I think this is like back in the 60s or 70s there was the, it was a very popular belief in hypnotism so not just for like things like uh, psychological issues but like physical issues could be cured with hypnotism and people like make jokes and stuff about like people getting over cigarettes or whatever with that but it still works for some people right, right? so there is this case of this hypnotist who was helping cure this 
kid who was covered in warts, like all over his body, like face, arms, like, you know. And so he worked with the kid and he only worked with one arm at a time. He's like, okay, your left arm. And he hypnotized him and he told him that his left arm is going to have perfect clear skin. And it worked. He actually like started like clearing up on the left side of his body. So then they took him, the hypnotist and this kid, and they took him to like a, a medical doctor and they showed him that it was working and checking in. And the doctor said, you've been misinformed. This is not like warts. This is this other condition. And I can't remember the condition, what it's called, but it was like an incurable, like terrible disorder that this guy had cured thinking that it was warts. The crazy thing is other people with this condition find out about the hypnotist and they go to him. But once the hypnotist knew that it was, quote unquote, an incurable disease, he couldn't do it anymore. When he thought it was just warts, he could literally make it disappear. But once he he was like, and that's the power of the mind. Once they told him, oh, this is an incurable condition, he couldn't do it anymore. It's like unlocked. And and (laughs) here's the thing. When you really get down to brass tacks. The placebo effect is a direct correlation to manifestation, yes. law of attraction. That's exact. It's literally the belief. In college, we used to have a, um, a hypnotist come. The guys are like hypnotize people on stages. And as the show goes on, he literally taps people on the <clears throat> shoulder and he makes them leave the stage because there are people that go on the stage with the intent of to exposing it. to mm-hmm. disprove it. And because of that, which means they do not believe in hypnotism. They it do not work. possess the power to be hypnotized. And he has to ask, he has to ask him to leave the stage. And the people that are left are people that are generally speaking, mm-hmm. unless they're faking it, susceptible to it because they believe that it works. I, for one, was one of those people. I believed in it. I was like, I believe it could be. And I went under hard. I was a <laughs> leprechaun. I came out of it. I felt sick. My, the guy told me, the dead ass after one, the, the guy pulled me aside because I was I was all about it. I was course, ready. I'm I was sure. good for it. And he was like, dude, thank you so much. That was a great show. Um, he's like, you went really deep. And he's like, you're probably not going to feel great for the rest of the night. And he's like, um, you should go lay down. And I felt sick. I didn't yeah. feel like I could even fucking drive. I felt like, I felt like, uh, it's like when you have a hangover. Yeah. I feel like, like I had drained. a hangover. That's kind of, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, some of the things that we've done, I'd kind of like, the man roofied you. I felt like my energy was, yes. Full for, <laughs> he may have. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I woke up with no pants on. He may have found me. <laughs> okay. All right. Stop. So, anyways. Um, back to the placebo thing. There was a, another study that was conducted where it had a work environment and it took like a group of 10 people, mm-hmm. right? And it was the same work, same agenda, same physical aspect. One group was pulled to the side and they told this group, this job is very physically demanding. And everyone who steps into this job, they become physically fit. They become very healthy. Like this is going to pull this out of you. So I'm mm-hmm. just going to let you know. Yes, like you are doing A, B, C, and X, Y, and Z, but it's going to ask a lot out of your body, but you're going to be in the best shape of your life. Mm-hmm. And they were all for it. They believe, they're like, oh, okay, yeah. yes, let's go. And they took another group of 10 people and they just said, this is your job. Yeah. This is what you have to do and that's it. Good luck. And that was it. Yeah. So one group was talked into believing that it was going to put them in the best shape of their life. Mm-hmm. And they did studies over them over the next course of the month. And the group that believed that the job was physically demanding and to get them in a certain shape, they got in better physical and mental shape it. than the other group just because That's what they, they were, were told. told. And more importantly, they, they believed, believed it. it. Yes. And that, that is what the is power that of the fucking mind. One of my favorite quotes, uh, I should know the person who said it, but 
whether you believe you can or you can't. You're right. right. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, you know, even back to, I know we're coming <laughs> yeah. full circle to um, ESP and, and like... If you... You're saying it, ESP and, and I keep thinking you're uh, saying ESPN. No. I, okay. <laughs> yeah. So back to like how we got here yeah. is that, yes, can some of some things be self-fulfilling prophecies? Yes. But that's based out of fear that if you're scared and you, you're paranoid and you keep bringing negative energy mm-hmm. into your life and you think, and you're very specifically focusing on something, then yes, you know, yeah, for all we know, what was his name? Uh, the guy that, that said he was going to die in early Bruce age. Lee. Yeah, Bruce Lee. I, I don't, Bruce Lee was pretty mentally like. In tune. Yeah, and I could be wrong. Maybe I mean, he was ready to Right, go so then, my though. point you know, is maybe he did Everybody's know, different. You know, but there are other people in life and, you know, they're terrible stories, but. I've I've heard of people been like I think I'm gonna get cancer I think I'm gonna get cancer I think I'm gonna get cancer and then like for no reason at all it's not hereditary it's not even in their fucking family maybe they have no use of fucking tobacco they, or anything they attach and then, to that and then all of a sudden bam they have cancer and they're yeah. like how the fuck did this person get cancer you know it's one and like well how can you say yeah I mean you can delve you know into that in right so many of course and, ways. and that's what's hard about it is because the line I mean it's it's a difficult. It's a difficult path to walk depending on what your thought process. And to your credit, there are a lot of people that are very closed off to that you know, type mm-hmm. of stuff. So, you know, they don't really, for what it's worth, really have to worry about, you know, they don't think about positive and negative energy and they don't think that the negative things they say can affect their life just as much as they probably don't think the same thing with like positive affirmations, you know? Right. They're not pee-pee, people that live, pee-pee. <laughs> they're not people that live by those standards, but... Well, but that doesn't mean they don't aren't. Of course, by it. but that's the thing about a law yeah. of attraction is whether you believe it or not, and <laughs> you are a believer that it in it, work? then it's still in effect. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's kind of on you. <clears throat> so, since you brought up a famous person, I guess I'm going to go in that same direction with my story. Um, are you familiar with Sharon Tate? Uh, yeah, you've heard her name. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I don't know if our listening audience is recognizing the name, but you'll definitely know the story. Um, she was one of the people who was um, murdered by the Manson family. Right, right, right. Right. Yeah. So, but what's interesting about that now, there's no way of proving this because this is something that happened um, in the 60s, but there are articles or whatever. So obviously we can't talk to her, but supposedly this is the story um, around that situation. So she lived with... Um, What's his name? I'm so not good at pronouncing pronouncing things. Kleiner, <laughs> I think. Do you know? Um, Kleiner? I don't know. I think that she was with Jay Siegbring. So she was dating a man. I think his name was Jay. Um, and they were living in a house of someone who had been killed or died in the house. Hmm. Okay. So Sharon and Jay live in this house that used to be um, owned by a Hollywood agent named Paul Byrne. And he actually died in the house. I'm not sure how he died, but for whatever reason, he's attached to the house. Okay. So in any event, Tate apparently told someone that she had started experiencing a funny feeling while she was trying to get some sleep one night, and even though she was actually still awake when she got the feeling. And then she saw a small man who happened to match Paul Byrne's description, and he was standing in the bedroom with her. She ran out of the room, as one does, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when someone's in the room. Later, Paul. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> 
And that is when she saw it. And this is a direct quote. I saw something or someone tied to the staircase, whoever it was. And I couldn't tell if it was a man or a woman, but I knew that it was somehow either Jay or me. But he was tied to the staircase and cut open at the throat. So she had this, she was awake. She sees this, I guess, apparition ghost of a person who died in the house. And then she runs out of the room. She sees this vision of somebody tied to the staircase with their throat slit. And then I want to say that's how she died from the cult leader, um, the Manson family murders. Wasn't she the one that was pregnant and everything? She was pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. The way, um, I'm trying to remember how she went. I know like there's stuff that I I don't want to really bring light to that they did to her. Um, yeah, exactly. But it's I had I heard of the story of the murder, unfortunately, because yeah. true crime podcast lover here. Um, but uh, I no, she was she was eight and a half months pregnant. She was stabbed sixteen times, oof. and then um, something else that's not really worth mentioning. Um, but yeah, so supposedly she. I think it was Jay that maybe 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 that was Jay that she saw. Maybe that, yeah, that may have been how he died. Yeah, and sometimes I wonder if you get premonitions like that, is it because you could. Maybe that it's not to scare you. Maybe it's to prepare you or try to like prevent it. I want to believe. Yeah. You know. Um, and if you don't mind, I'm going to tell another one just because I'd like to go on a lighter note. The whole episode wasn't meant to be quite this dark. Neat. <laughs> um, yeah. So I just wanted to tell that one because the princess died. Well, that's kind of what's hard about the premonition. Most of it is, is something surrounding danger. That's not like, oh, I had a dream. I got a cupcake yesterday. Well, I did. I ended up with it. I mean, like, I'm just being think, real. Like, but I you think know. The dip, this is what I was saying about the dream journal. I think that if you. If you, as you're falling asleep at night, you tell yourself that you're going to remember your dreams and you're going to wake up. And you have to tell yourself that, kind of suggest it to yourself and so that you get in the habit of doing it. You'll be surprised because when you first wake up, if you write it down or type it on your phone, you know, some dreams just stick with you longer because they are vivid or maybe they have something scary. But there are a lot of dreams that you just forget about. And even after you write them down, you may not think about it. And you go back and you scroll and you're like, holy fuck, that actually happened. But it was so mundane. You know, there was one time you came from the store and you brought me a Snickers. I dreamed about that. Mm-hmm. I remember digging through the bag looking for something else. And you're like, oh, I brought you a Snickers. I dreamed about that a couple of days. And I had forgotten that because it's such a silly dream. I was looking at my dream journal recently and I was like, holy fuck, mm-hmm. little things like that happen, right? And Anyway, so this is a, I got a lot of pleasant stories to kind of wash away some of them. And I will balance you out with (laughs) non-pleasant stories. (laughs) Okay. Um, This is quoted directly from a Reddit user. I was struggling to have a baby. I had been depressed for quite a while as my husband and I had been trying for almost two years. I went for a hike and was thinking about nothing in particular. I suddenly needed to look behind me to check on the little boy who was walking behind me. There was no one there, of course, but in my mind's eye, I saw a four-year-old boy in jeans and a plaid flannel shirt. He had dark hair and a broad face with deeply set eyes. Then I gave birth later to my first child, a boy who looks just like the kid in my vision. So, up, little boy? <laughs> I just think that's like really cool. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. Though at the same time, it's like, why though? I think because I think that we are stuck in this belief that time is linear and that we can't access the future or that. And just because we can access it doesn't mean that it's set in stone or it's destiny or fate. We still have free will. Mm -hmm. But I think that something about our dreams, we're less closed off. Um, And because it's not linear and it all exists and the possibilities exist. And when you're depressed or stressing, sometimes you, your inner being wants to be like, hey, calm the fuck down. And it gives you this glimpse of something that you can reach for. No fate, but what you make. Yeah. Speaking Terminator of which. Yeah, bro. 1994. 
Well, and <laughs> I don't know. I don't 1966 know of October, mm-hmm. in the mining town of Aberfan, Wales, Earl May Jones said to her mother, I dreamed I went to school and there was no school there. Something black had come down all over us. In the days prior, Earl told her mom that she was not afraid to die and shall be with Peter in June, two friends from school. The mother shrugged it off, um, her daughter's cool. comments, because yeah. kids are stupid and they say the darndest <laughs> things. Yep. Cool. So Aberfan was pos- positioned in a valley below a large pile of coal waste, which was perched atop a nearby mountain on October 21st, 1966. 110,000 cubic meters of coal slurry, which is a mixture of coal waste, water, and shale, slid down the mountain and engulfed a portion of the entire town. The slurry consumed and smashed Earl's school. Um, It names a school. It's a dumb name. And it (laughs) killed 144 people in total. 116 of them were children. Earl was buried in a mass grave next to her classmates, Peter and June. Oh, my God. A mass grave? Well, yeah, they were buried. The myth the sludge buried them all. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they would have recovered them and then reburied wow. them, basically. Wow. <laughs> but I like that there was no fear in that situation, you know. Yeah. yeah, there's been a couple of those with premonitions where people mm-hmm. see certain things and they're like, hey, I feel like this is going to happen. And... Like, it's not going to hurt, right? I'm going to be cool. And they're like, oh, stop it, you stupid kid. And then, and then, then it happens. And they're yeah. like, fuck. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe uh, in that situation, the premonition, it kind of exists to prepare the people left behind. Right. Or know? maybe to it exists, with- yeah, for the person, too, to like, you know, I don't, yeah. they unintentionally say goodbye. I mean, if you get really deep into the rabbit hole of reincarnation, lots of times children's death are not the same as adults, and they maybe not even consciously the way we would consider it, but like they come intending only to be here to be gone sooner. And lots of times it's because they're at the end of their reincarnation cycle, and they're like, hey, I'm going to do this last thing. Peace out. Yeah. Anyway. All right. I had a dream. I love this story. It just... It's so great, and it gave me chills, and it makes me happy. I had a dream one night about a guy. I didn't know who he was, but in my dream, I felt he was my friend. Fuck, this is the wrong story. No, no, it is the right one. Okay, I was like, damn it. Nope, finish <laughs> so it. professional. Finish it. Um, I was standing in a park looking out into the town I lived in. I had a note in my hand saying, meet me at the pub. I want you to meet someone. To my left, there was a homeless man pushing a shopping trolley down the path, which was forked. I looked down at myself and I thought, oh, I'm in my PJs. I'm going to go home and change. Next thing I know, I'm running back through the park towards the same pub, but I was too late. I watched the two guys leave the pub. The guy who was my friend wanted me to meet someone I went to high school with. About eight months later, I had the exact same dream. But this time, when I looked down at myself and I got to the part where I said, I'm in my PJs, I'll go home and change, I thought, no, if I go change, they'll leave. So I kept running towards them instead. But the man with the trolley stopped me at the fork in the pathway, and no matter which way I tried to move, he wouldn't let me through. So I saw the two guys leave again. But then six months later, I met the guy in my dreams. Oh, interesting. Okay. So the reason I have chills with this, you can look. Okay. He was the bartender. (laughs) I have dreams about, I like this dream because, A, I like when it's a recurring dream. Mm. And I love that she changed it 
in the second one. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, there was still the situation where the guy like preventing her or whatever, because it was probably just like, hey, we're not there yet. You're not quite ready. Mm-hmm. But like it prepared her for this event in real life. But I just love that she was like, oh, if I go change in my pajamas this time, I'll miss them. So yeah. like, because I have lucid dreams all the time. Do y'all mm-hmm. have experience? I, oh, yeah, 100%. My favorite type of dream is when I'm like, oh, I'm dreaming. So I'm going to change this because I don't like it. Like mm. there's just like a sense of real power in that. So mm-hmm. like, yeah. cool. Um, here's one uh, that's not like yours. <laughs> Great. Um, <laughs> on February 26, 1993, um, terrorists planted a massive truck bomb in the parking garage of the World Trade Center, which detonated shortly after 12 p.m. Six people died in the attack and over 1,000 were injured. Earlier that morning, however, Wall Street executive Barrett Naylor had an odd sensation when he exited his train. Something inside him told him not to go to the World Trade Center, and so he followed his instincts and he went home. And then again, on September 11th, 2001, Barrett Mm -hmm. Naylor got the exact same feeling as he did in 1993. He followed suit yet again and went home to find the towers collapsing on television. Naylor's Mm -hmm. premonition saved him from the death at the World Trade Center, not once, but twice, and he says he feels guilty about being spared while the others died. Mm. <clears throat> and I, yeah, that's where it gets tricky because I almost brought some 9 11 stories because if you Google that, there are so many. Oh, yeah. And it's understandable because it's obviously one of the like, recent pivotal points in our nation's history. Um, there's so many premonition stories. And then, but you don't ever want to be disrespectful to the people, you know, like, well, why didn't I get a warning or mm-hmm. why, you know? Right, of course. Um, and we're all on our own journeys. That's all I, you know, I can say. But there are a lot of people who have had experiences with 9-11 specifically, either about a loved one or they didn't go for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, this one is cute. Or is it? I don't know. It's the wrong one. Fuck. Okay. Oh God. <laughs> what is this turning into? <laughs> um, I forgot that I already read that one and it threw me off a thing. Okay. I've only had one premonition type dream and it came true within hours. In the dream, I was standing in a field, looking up into the morning sky, watching a fireball fall with a smoke trail behind it. Pieces of it were breaking off here and there. I was with a handful of other people who I did not know, and we were all looking up in amazement. A radio was on, and there was a man stating, do not touch any pieces of the spacecraft that may crash to Earth due to potential radiation contamination and things of that nature. We all stood looking up into the sky for a few more moments, and then I woke up. When I woke up from the dream, I noticed it was still dark outside, so I looked at the clock. It was 2.35 a.m. I got up, drank some water, lay back in bed, and thought about the dream for a while. I was having trouble going back to sleep, so I turned the radio on, and eventually I drifted back to sleep. I woke up in the morning, and to my disbelief, I was hearing the same voice from the radio in my dream hours before on the radio now, but it was saying similar things. I thought, what the hell is going on? I turned on the TV, switched it over to a news channel, and saw this video on the screen. Space Shuttle Columbia had just disintegrated oh, during shit. re-entry. Oh, yikes. Yeah. yeah. So that, I That's, mean, can you imagine, like, having the dream, and then you wake up thinking, am I dreaming again? Because yeah. like that, yeah. It also has, like, nothing to do with that person, like, yeah, whatsoever. It's, yeah, why, so would like, why would they predict that? You yeah. know, why would they personally be like, you know, it's not like, oh, well, today I predicted I was going to eat a cheese sandwich, and I did. What is a cheese sandwich? Yeah. You know what it is. I want a cheese sandwich. There's a story that Lincoln may have had premonitions about his assassination. 
Mm. Ward Hill Lamont Lincoln's close friend and former law partner said that only a few days before his assassination, Lincoln dreamed that there was a corpse in the White House guarded by soldiers. <gasps> when he asked who died, the soldiers told him that the president had been assassinated. Oh my God, I got Historians chills. cast doubt on Lamont's story, which was published nearly 20 years after the assassination. However, members of Lincoln's cabinet remember that on the morning of his death, Lincoln told them that he dreamed of sailing at a high speed on a body of water. Lincoln said it was a recurring dream that happened before almost every significant event of the Civil War, as it so was possibly predicted his own death. Damn. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty intense. Interesting. All right, so this one is icky, but also great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when my daughter was 16, she had a recurring nightmare about a man doing horrible things to children. She'd never seen the man before in real life, but she could describe him perfectly. Long, stringy hair, slender in his late 30s or early 40s, dirty, unkempt, which unfortunately describes a lot of, yeah, uh, people who have a, yeah. Okay, so one day she was with me when I went to pick up my son from a friend's house. As my son climbed into the car, a man walked out of a house a few doors down. My daughter had a complete meltdown. Now, keep in mind, this is a 16-year-old, yeah. so it's not somebody who's like, you know, mm-hmm. um, young, not young enough to... You know what I mean? So like, right. Yeah. So my daughter had a complete meltdown screaming and crying that this was the man from her dreams. I got a quick look at the man before she completely panicked, locking the car doors and crying for me to just leave. Please leave. When we got home, I talked to both children. Neither had ever seen this man before. So I spoke to my son's friend's parents. They did not know the man either. They said he had moved in a few months prior and they rarely saw him outside. Just a few days later, a huge story broke about a child sex ring, and yep, it involved that man. His name was Harry Robbs. This happened in New Mexico in 2003, so I guess that means you can look it up. Yeah. Jesus. For- fortunately, none of my children were involved. We did not know any of the victims. Um, I do feel bad for them. I'm glad that Robbs and the other adults got caught. But can you imagine having a dream like that? Dude, yeah, and then so random. seeing the guy, and then, it, you know, like, oh, yeah. my God. Um, kind of piggybacking off of that. This was a testimony from somebody on a website. When I was a child, I once had a dream that I was kidnapped by two men in a store and they kept me hidden in their home. Uh, a Ooh. few months later, I saw those exact men at the grocery store. And I told my mom about my dream. She thought maybe I'd see them somewhere else before. So she kind of just disregarded it. Um, later. That is not something I would fucking disregard. Yeah. I mean, I get what, I get what they mean by that, but I'm just saying that like, if somebody, yeah. if I, my kid was like, I dreamed that I got kidnapped and look, those are the men. I'd be like, yeah. what the fuck? Neat. We're shopping at Piggly Wiggly from now on. <laughs> <laughs> a few days later, um, those men were on the news for kidnapping a little girl. Oh my God. Jesus, no. Oof. All right, let's let's change. What is happening? What <laughs> um, are you doing? <laughs> I used to have recurring dreams, and I'm telling you something about the recurring dreams, all the time about driving through a neighborhood that I had never been to before in real life. When I was about eight, my mom took me driving to show me the neighborhood that she grew up in. I grew up in Arizona, and we were now in Chicago where she grew up. This neighborhood was exactly the one in my dream. I was freaking out, but nobody believed me. She showed me my grandparents' first house, and everything was spot on as I had dreamt had dreamt it. It still gives me willies to this day. That's pretty freaky. Yeah, willies. Willie. Um, Joe Meek and Buddy Holly. 
Mm. Mm. Joe Meek, he was a British music producer in the 1950s. He was responsible for musical innovations such as sampling and overdubbing, and he worked with many rock stars. Um, he was also very strange and paranoid, so he did have that going on. <laughs> he believed his apartment was often bugged and that people were trying to take his instruments. And you know what? For Maybe fucking they what were. it's worth, they might have been. <laughs> all right? right? So one night in 1958, he and his friends conducted a tarot reading um, and played with a Ouija board, and the results were frightening. So supposedly, one of the men with Meek began writing down the messages that were coming through, and the messages said, February the 3rd, Buddy Holly dies, and they were horrified. <laughs> well, yeah. So uh, Meek, who was obviously, uh, well, not obviously, but he was a very huge Buddy Holly fan. Mm-hmm. He desperately tried to get his messages to the singer because... Obviously, didn't want him to be hurt from the messages. Yeah. He was like, you know, didn't want to risk it. So, when February 3rd of 1958 passed without incident, Meek was relieved, but still felt like he needed to deliver the message. Um, when he finally did, Buddy Holly politely told Meek that he would be careful every time the date came around um, and not to worry. The next year, Buddy Holly tragically died in a plane crash on February the 3rd, mm. 1959 along with pop stars Richie Valens and the Big Bopper. I just recently Jesus. watched uh, is it oh, La Bamba. Man. Wait, um, I did not know this. Then on February 3rd, 1967, Meek shot his landlord and then himself in a fit of depression and Oh, insanity. my God. Jesus. Yeah. That's and the years after Buddy Holly's death and before his own, Meek claimed that the singer's spirit often visited him with advice. That's interesting. Okay. Look, there's a, when you get into that whole situation with Buddy Holly and Richie, uh, uh, what is it, Valens? Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's heavy. There's so many yeah. layers to that that make you question. Because you know, uh, Richie was terrified of planes mm. because when he was a child, some kind of uh, plane accident or something happened, and like debris fell and like killed one of his schoolmates oh, on man. the playground. God. And so he would have recurring nightmares about planes. And so he was terrified to get on the plane. And they like, because he was getting so famous and had to travel, like they had a really hard time getting him on the plane. And there was also a situation in that, I don't know if it was Buddy Holly or Rich, which one it was, but somebody switched, wasn't supposed to be on the plane mm-hmm. and they switched with them. And like there's, there's all kinds of layers yeah. to that situation. Yeah. So we're going to talk about a much more innocent, cute story. <laughs> when I was in secondary school, which, what is that? Is that high school? I have no idea. It's secondary okay. to high school. <laughs> no, I it's mean, like the first school, but the second one. Instead. I think it's not primary school. So I guess that primary school, but elementary and secondary, probably high school, right? What we call high school in America. I just, I don't okay. Why don't we all know reference? things? I don't know. I dropped out. When I was in <laughs> secondary school, there was a little shop up the road that we could sneak out to at lunchtime. The reason we would have to sneak out was because we weren't allowed to leave the school until the end of the day. So obviously, if we got caught sneaking out, we'd be in trouble. One night, I had a dream where we were sneaking out to go to the shop at lunchtime. But in this dream, the principal caught us sneaking back in and we got in trouble. The next day when it was lunch, I refused to go to the shop with my friends because I had gotten a bad feeling from that dream. Anyway, my friends head off without me. I stay in the school. Lunchtime ends. As I'm walking back to the school from the yard, I see the principal at the gate catching all the people who had snuck out. The weird thing was, though, he was wearing the exact same suit as he had worn in my dream. And this was unusual because it was a green type suit and normally he wore dark ones. So... It was random that you didn't just look at the principal like, why are you wearing a green suit? St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> right. Duh. Yeah. Didn't want to get pinched. <laughs> what a laugh like that. 
so funny. It makes it better when you point it out. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, every single time that Chase is editing the podcast, I hate being in the room because I just walk by and I hear myself like obnoxiously laughing. It's the worst. Yeah, it is the worst. So this, <laughs> this could be perceived as a coincidence. I don't know if it's necessary. I mean, you know, for all, for all we know, there have been reports of people having like premonitions and um, stuff in writing material. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, you know, who was it? It was uh, what was it? Was it Edgar Allan Poe? The Richard Parker? Yeah, with the boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is kind of similar to that. So in Morgan Robertson's 1898 novel Futility. Um, there is an unsinkable megaship called the Titan. Mm. In the novel, the Titan collides with an iceberg in an April voyage while traveling across the sea. Because the Titan only holds the minimum number of lifeboats, most of its passengers perish when it sinks. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Sound familiar? Four, d- Fourteen <laughs> years later, the unsinkable um, RMS Titanic launched its maiden voyage and on April fifteenth, 1912... It struck an iceberg, tragically sank. Obviously, everyone knows, killed lots of people. Um, Including Leo. And obviously, because of the minimal lifeboats, everyone, uh, you know, died in the water. I read that story, and people pointed (laughs) out, oh, well, this is a person who, when he was writing his book, he obviously did a lot of research and was familiar with, you know, things that happened to ships. But the fact that it's called... That you know, Titan and mm-hmm. Titanic. I mean, that is yeah. A very okay, but name detail. name other boats in history. Oh, I don't know where people have struck icebergs and people died. So my point is, like, okay, I I see, I hear right. where okay, they're it coming could from. Happen. But All right, so this guy studies boats, okay? <laughs> right. And, like, it's not uncommon for there to be mega ships that crash into icebergs and, and is that people common? die. Because I don't know of anything well, That's why I say name a boat. That's I don't all right. know, but we don't, <clears throat> in our, our regular lives, don't really know. I know that you had a story about people moving icebergs or something at one time. <laughs> yeah, that's not... <laughs> but anyway, I think the fact that it's called the Titan and the Titanic, I mean, that alone is eerie as fuck. Right. Um, but he studied boats, so it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it makes sense. He studies boats. <laughs> You know Titanic um, got a sequel? Uh, I heard that. I heard that. But I don't understand it. I don't either. <laughs> yeah. I just know what exists. Um, okay. So, mm, oh, you read that one. You're so prepared for your return. I woke up in the middle of the night and sleepily went to open the basement door without knowing why. Silently, the cat walked out. He had beamed me the info that he needed while I was sleeping. I 100% believe this shit. Yeah. Can you imagine just being in bed and you're like walking, like sleepwalking to the basement and you're like, oh, the cat's trapped. Like, how the fuck would you know that? And you're asleep and you open the door. You probably did studies on cats. <laughs> <laughs> but this actually recently happened to me. Um, usually any one of us, whoever's like the last one in the kitchen and checks to make sure the cat food is full uh, because our cat right now is going through a phase where she wants to be outside all the time. So, she also go into their face where all the neighborhood animals eat her food. It's true. We have <laughs> raccoons, raccoons and possums. Yeah. Not just one, multiple. but multiple. Yeah. So usually when I um, am getting ready to go to bed, I will peek out there. But most of the time, one of you has already fed her. And so this one night recently, this week, I was going up the stairs and I was going up the stairs going, oh, I need to check Moscato's food bowl. And then I was like, that's silly because every time I check it, it's always full. So I'm not going to go all the way downstairs. Mm-hmm. And I was about to open our bedroom door and I was like, fuck. And I just went all the way downstairs and sure enough, she had no food. And I'm yeah. like, Moscato, were you telling me? Because and then that's when Jen looked out the door. Uh-huh. Moscato was sitting, <laughs> was <the> cross-legged. <laughs> With a newspaper. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, she was like doing the um. Yeah. yeah. And she was sending signals to Jen. <laughs> yeah. Communicating. To raise her energy, she got the possums and the raccoons involved. <laughs> yeah. Y'all probably did. They were in a circle. And the other animals ate it all. <laughs> you, you ran up the stairs and you just. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Charles Dickens. In 1861, Charles Dickens published four short stories in a magazine all the year round, which is a magazine none of you have heard of because you're not studied like I am. In one of the stories, a painter meets a beautiful young woman who asked him to paint her portrait, but... Just like in Titanic. She insists to not do it like the Titanic, but the (laughs) painting to be done by memory Rather than a traditional sitting, hmm. so oh god, that would be you just brain. Has a terrible memory. It doesn't look so, anything like me. As the Stick story unfolds, <laughs> it turns out the woman is long dead and commissioned the portrait from the afterlife to help console her father. Oh shit! That's, London ooh. artist Thomas accused Dickens of plagiarism. He was contracted to write and sell the same exact story to a different magazine. He claimed that the story actually happened to him. Oh, That he shit. was the painter who created the dead girl's portrait. Oh, my God. He also said that the events transpired on September 13th, which is the same date Dickens wrote in the then unpublished margins of the story. Oh, Shit. my God. So then you have to wonder, because you could say, yeah, he stole the idea or he found out somehow. But how many times um, have we seen movies come out almost like um, in a grouping? Like, I remember when I was growing up, it was like one year and three different baseball movies came mm-hmm. out. And then there's always like this theme or movies that are eerily similar. Mm-hmm. And I've even had this happen. I, I get about that way about Marvel here recently, you know? What? Yeah, they all have like these superhero things. Shut yeah, up. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. Very thick superhero thing okay. recently. <laughs> okay. Do you not feel the same way? I'm just, okay. You know what? Fuck you guys. No, I told him shush. <laughs> okay. The ref did shush me. One night, I dreamed I was walking in the park. I saw a little girl, maybe five years old, walking to the park with her mom. They were crossing the street and a truck hit the little girl. Ugh. Yeah, that's a freaky dream. Next day, I'm watching TV. I see the same park, same street, same little girl, same truck was coming at her. But right before she would have gotten hit, someone who looks like me jumped out and pushed her to safety. Ooh, time traveler. Yeah. Time, what? Yeah. We're probable Jesus. self. Dude, I don't know. Remember that one dream I won't go into where I talked to myself? That was weird. Wait, what? Whenever I went into my dream to... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that I was me Yeah, I won't go to into too many details, but Chase had a dream where he was seeking a specific answer, and he woke up and was in the middle of the night and was like, fuck, I got my answer, and he wrote it down sleepily on his phone, and then he was like, wait, you didn't answer the second part, and he went back into the dream and was like, hey, what's the other part? Yeah. yeah, he woke up the next morning. I was like, "That was freaky and awesome." Yeah, yeah. that was me. That was. I me. was always confused. I was like, "But that was me." I was talking to me. I was getting everything from me. I believe that man. It was so it's weird. Like you're talking to your inner being, like the right. You know, I wish you had got his shit together. <laughs> that sounds just like me. It probably was me. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, "Oh shit, I'm supposed to help you." Uh. Um. So this is the last story I've got. Okay. All right. So according to a reader. Her grandmother, her uh, grammar, if you will, (laughs) had once dreamed the same dream for three nights in a row. A dream of a woman standing at the foot of her bed and telling her to move her two daughters, one of whom was the reader's mother, out of their bedroom. After the third night, she told her daughters and um, wrote that... She finally was like, okay, fine, this dream, I'm going to move them. Yeah. And the very next night, uh, the roof 
over their beds in the room that they would have been in collapsed. Wow. And a massive beam dropped right across the beds. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so it would have killed them. Damn. <laughs> well, I'm glad she listened because that would that? suck. It yeah. would have killed them. <laughs> okay. Um, I just imagine the... The premonition woman, like it was supposed to happen like two nights ago. So she's like a ghostly woman, like <laughs> she spent all of her day holding the yeah. beam. She moved, she's like, ah. okay. Um, I'm gonna, I have two that I can finish up with. I'm reading this one because, yes, I think it's interesting, but also the way that it is phrased, like I just feel like they could have done a better job with this. So I have to share. Okay. All right, this is um, from Facebook, I think. I don't know if this counts, but a few years ago, I had this dream. I was in an airport, and I kept trying to get to Japan. Either all the flights were booked or canceled or something, but regardless, I was struggling really hard and talking to a bunch of different customer service reps trying to get a flight to Japan, but with no avail. When I woke up, I thought it was a strange dream because why Japan? I'd never think about Japan ever. The next morning, when I read the news at work, the earthquake tsunami was the headline, which Mm. you had to consider what that was for four years ago. So at that point... They're more open-minded to this sort of thing. So one day um, when I was 18, I was coming home late from a friend's house. It had been raining all day and it was currently raining, torrential rain. I was getting um, on the interstate. I got hit. I hit some water and spun across four lanes. My truck hit the divider wall, but not before being hit by an oncoming car that was probably going at least 65 miles per hour. I walked away unscathed, an ambulance that was driving by right as it happened, and they were obliged to stop. Obliged, poor ambulance all right this is where it gets interesting (laughs) to me so obviously that's you know crazy but later that day after coming home and resting a bit my mom told me that she had been daydreaming about my funeral and i'm like wait a minute why is that the phrase (laughs) so when she realized how morbid that was she never thought about something like that she said prayer for me i don't know if i believe in god or something but something exists because it happened at the same time so the story itself was like wow the mom like was sending you good energy at this but why did he say yeah my mom was daydreaming about going to my funeral i didn't use the word daydream in that area differently Daydream here means something different. (laughs) Right. I guess what you mean is that you got a vision or you found yourself. Why are you smiling? Maybe maybe daydreaming (laughs) means just taking a nap in the middle of the day. Like a day bed, daydreaming. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That must be it. Yeah, of course. That was fucking weird. And it kills me because I looked at the post and like nobody commented on it. Because they were all like afraid to say something. (laughs) Right. Like, I don't fucking know. (laughs) Yeah, so. Yeah, that was pretty funny. And then this last one um, is very long, so I'll just try to sum it up in my own words. Sum it up. Um, for one, well, this is a separate thing I forgot to mention earlier. My, out of my three children that I gave birth to, two of them have blue eyes, and one of them doesn't, but he was born with blue eyes. What's really weird about the eight-year-old is when I was pregnant with Rhett, I had a dream that um, he had my mom, when he was born, that he had my mom's colored eyes. And if my mom has like, like a almost like a honey color, like an amber brown color. And it stayed with me because my oldest had blue eyes and I have blue eyes. And um and so when my son was born, he had blue eyes. And I was like, oh, I just remembered hmm. whatever. <laughs> dream was stupid. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but eight months later, and most kids like their eyes change within the first couple of months. But when I have pictures when their of eyes him, finally open. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> when um <laughs> when you look at baby pictures of him for a long time, he had very bright blue eyes. And then now they are like an amber color brown. And it was so weird to me that like I 
I don't know, did I quote unquote manifest that? I had this random dream. It wasn't like, oh, I wish my son would have this color eye, but he just happened to. Anyway, this other story is pretty crazy. We've talked about this before. The show um, Surviving Death or I Survived. I get them. I Survived, I think is a thing. Those are two? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So I think this one was on Surviving Death. This woman um, was pregnant. And she found out at an ultrasound that she had a condition that basically meant, I believe that the, um, or something to do with the, the placenta being attached to the wall in a way that like, if it tears during the delivery, she bleeds to death. Why are you smiling? No, because my stupid brain goes placenta and then I'm like, I don't, you know what? Never mind. No, no, no. no. Now you have to explain it. No, because placenta placenta, and it's not in the center. So it's like the pleurida and, or the plelefta. And you know, I really wish you would cut that out (laughs) because I'm stupid. And that's what my brain does when anyone's talking to me. I'm just like, this is more important. And then I realize that you're still talking and I'm like, fuck. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So the poleta, uh-huh. as you were saying. Yeah. It's okay. So her placenta was attached in a way to that... The <laughs> um, they It's a, a condition that other women will experience, and they're just kind of aware of it because if it rips off of the uterus during birth, that you can bleed to death very quickly. And yeah. so usually, though, there's you don't have to stress about it because they're aware of it and they just watch for it and all that stuff. Um, but... You know, and you could you could say, well, maybe because they told her this and she Googled it and she worried herself. Maybe this will happen. For whatever reason, she felt during her pregnancy that she was going to die from her pregnancy. She just felt like, I'm going to die. Great. And this baby, um, take care of the baby. And she kept telling her husband. And her husband, you know, was very close off to anything like that. Very science. I think he, like, worked in a very, like, engineer analytical area. And he was like, you know, she's being hormonal and crazy. <laughs> but for her, it felt very real. And she would have these constant premonitions and visions about she was going to die and it was going to be because of placenta and there was going to be lots of blood and the baby was going to survive. She was going to die. Please take care of the baby. And this goes on for a while. And she had told her midwife about it, her doctors, like there's on record over and over. You know, they think, oh, she's just being a sensitive pregnant woman, blah, blah, blah. And there is one day she wasn't quite due yet. She was outside I believe, I don't know if she envisioned the fountain. I think she was outside at a park and there was a fountain and she turned around and she watched the fountain and it all looked like blood (laughs) gushing out of the fountain. And then her water broke. She started bleeding right there. And um, she called her husband. She said, this is it. I'm about to die. I love you. Take care of our baby. She goes into the hospital. Sure enough, they can't stop the bleeding. Her um, midwife was, or I don't know if it was a doctor or midwife, but was over her. I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this is happening. She told me this is going to happen, you know, mumbling to herself. The woman goes on to say, not only did she have the premonition, she knew that she was going to, she did die. She died on the table. She was standing outside of it. She came back to life and told all the doctors what they were saying, how they prevented it. She watched her mother, I mean, she watched her, I think it was her mother with her oldest child in the uh, labor and delivery, labor and delivery, the waiting room. And then her husband was on plane. She could tell what he was wearing. She watched all this while she was dead. She watched, she had the conversation. We listened to the doctors. She watched them revive her. She watched her daughter in the waiting room. She watched her husband get off the plane. And then she came back into her body. And now she has fucking premonitions about people all the time. Yeah. She was like, I cannot believe you were wearing brown on black coming off that plane. Oh you big dummy. You know, I hate that. Yeah. So, <clears throat> which again, that lets you know that she obviously was not planning to have the baby then because he was away on a trip on a plane. So mm-hmm. like, it's pretty crazy. If you really, if you watch the show, she goes into a lot more details, but like ESP is real. It's really fucked. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, it's incredibly hot in here, and yes. it's been a very heavy episode. Uh-huh. I, I didn't expect that. I thought I feel very light and happy. I know that sounds silly because we talked about a lot of heavy stuff, I'm but I surprised. feel like what's important here is surprising. that shut up. I think what's important is not like oh, I feel this thing is going to happen, and therefore I'm doomed. I don't think that's the way to look at it. I think that the thing to look at is like your inner being, yourself. Pay it. You know more than you think you do, and pay attention to how you feel. And when you have these dreams or you have these, you know, thoughts, share them with people and like, I don't know, be aware. That's all. Mm. I think it gives us the power and the control. And I like that because I'm a control freak. That is true. I have too much anxiety to listen to all of my thoughts. <laughs> Maybe you have less anxiety. If well, your you went thoughts your are thoughts. not who you are. That's true. You're the observer. Of your you're thoughts. the observer. Of Somebody even say that you're not even that, that you're something beyond that. Well, I don't know who's talking to me, but they need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> you should tell them that. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm Kick your ass, me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Chase talks to himself with great results. Yeah. yeah mm. Should do that. Yeah. It's like a Jim Carrey moment and just beat yourself up in the bathroom. Yeah. I'm kicking my ass. <laughs> do you mind? <laughs> uh, I always like the part when it comes out and he's like, dangly teeth. And then he like covers his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I should stop now. Um, I glued a piranha to a boomerang. I did not realize it was going to come back to bite me. <laughs> oh. Wow. Do you know what sucks about that is my brain didn't process boomerang and I thought boom mic. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> why is there? Why You're is dumb. There a, okay, but you and a fish on top of a boomerang is also cool. Yeah, glued it there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not even like duct taped it. Glued yeah. it. That's going to hurt coming All right, Adam. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the part of the show where I choose a winner of today's week. <laughs> Last week, Chase was the victor, and now this week, he is also not the victor because it's this one. I predicted that! <laughs> Give me that shit. <laughs> Adam, take it from her. We have to prove it. that we can control our destiny. I hate this. <laughs> I did control my destiny. and it was You can't control me. Get out of my mind. <laughs> she looks happy. I'll let her have it. Uh, I feel so good. Great. There you go. <laughs> It was good there yeah. for a second. Yeah. No, it looks great. Yeah. It <laughs> it's was, a necklace. Yep. It was a crown. Okay, I'm going to go take a nap. Peace out. All right. Well, uh, be sure to go to saltymermaidentertainment.com if you want to look at blog pictures. And tell a friend about these shows. Yeah, tell a friend about the show. And, uh, you know, we're just happy to have you with us. Um, Adam, do you have any advice for them for this, this coming week that, you know, could help them in their lives? No. <laughs> Adam. <laughs> what? Adam, what do you got, want from me? I know you got something in there. I don't, actually. <laughs> people need you. These people need Jesus. <laughs> and he's not there for them. <laughs> Shut up. Jenna's, take the wheel. Jenna's, take the wheel. Listen Jen- to Jen-sus. yourself. You know more than you think you do. All right. Well, this is weird. Uh, We're going to let you go. So I'll see you later, friends.